This is Nadine. At the end of the episode, you'll hear me tell you to visit us on our private Facebook group, She's Not a Slut Yet. Well, that's no longer the name because I changed it and I added an Instagram. The new Facebook group name is Snazzy Podcast, which is spelled S-N-A-S-Y Podcast. And the Instagram page is the exact same thing. That's all the updates for now. I hope you all enjoy the episode and revisit us next week for our first movie. This is John. I got dead here. And this is She's Not a Slut Yet, this podcast about three friends watching cult movies and drinking together. Just as a reminder, this episode, as well as the intro, had to be re recorded because we lost the original recordings for John. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly someone with my voice did this. Yeah, that's that. This is nothing more than just a bit of housekeeping in case there's anything that didn't really quite line up with what was said in episode two and three. And plus, you know, this is the first time we're doing a podcast together. And honestly, this is such a better improvement than the last one. Let's just oh, yeah. pretend that didn't exist. It's, yeah, this is it's it's probably getting better anyway for you guys. For real. Yeah, I'm getting a drink. What? Why am I not drinking? Go get a drink. While you do that, I'm going to introduce the episode. This week, we're actually going to be reviewing Weird Science, which was created in 1985. And Dan's going to give us some box office stats. And then I'll just give you some interesting facts about the movie. Dan? All right. So we got some uh, box office information for this wonderful movie called Weird Science. So domestically, it made $23 million, uh, internationally $15 million, so a worldwide total of $38.9 million. Uh, it was a nominee for the Saturn Award for Best per- by a Young Actor in... Is that Elon Mitchell Smith? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. We got three stars by Mr. Robert Elbert, 6.6 on IMDb, 57 on Rotten Tomatoes, 69 by the audience score. Um, Cost to create this movie was 7.5. So it made a decent chunk of change for a low budget. Um, Pretty much gets middle of the road reviews from critics and kids. I feel like the reviews really give it justice. When it does deserve it. But we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, Do you want me to do the facts, Nadine? You know what, John? You actually had a fun time with this last time. So take it away. I did. So interesting movie facts. This movie was written in two days, which explains a lot about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Russler said the scene where the rocket came up through the floor was a complicated shot to set up. Unfortunately, right before the cameras rolled... (laughs) Anthony Michael Hall farted, breaking the cast member's concentration and ruining the take. Rustler estimated the cost cost the scene cost at hundred thousand dollars to reshoot. And because the take was blown, literally, it had to be filmed in reverse, with additional tweaks in post-production. Can you imagine how angry you would be? You have just enough for one shot and some asshole of an actor just rips it a little bit. And that's I mean, when you watch it, you'll find that's why everything is slightly, uh, it looks weird. It doesn't look like it's right, and that's because everything's reversed. Um, There was a TV show on it that aired from 1994 to 1998. Um, Apparently, there's just no original cast for the movie. It's like when you milk something. It's just like to have the more Vampire money. Slayer because that's a cult classic and it doesn't have any of the original actors that were in the original movie, the series, I should say. People just made it so they could make money. It's the Avatar Last Airbender movie after the series type deal. Yep. Um, in an interview with Comic-Con, Kelly LeBrock said that when she did the kissing scene with a 14-year-old Elon Mitchell Smith, don't even get me started on that nasty shit, he got carried away and stuck his tongue down her throat. Afterwards, she told him, if you ever do that again, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> this movie is just a A1 example of someone's drunken wet dream. So, Nadine, do you want to do the movie synopsis? Yeah. Go ahead, Nadine. Take away the show. You got it. So the movie does start out with the two main characters, Wyatt and Gary, watching girls in the gym. They start talking about two of the girls that they have the hots for inside the gym, and the bullies who are dating those girls show up behind them, get pissed off, and pants them in front of the girls, and then shout out, hey, look at this. Of course, the guys are pretty embarrassed. 
and just kind of walk away. <laughs> After the beginning credits, the scene shifts to show Gary and Wyatt hanging out at Wyatt's place. As the night goes on, the guys uh, watch Frankenstein, and Gary comes up with the brilliant idea to make the perfect girl through Wyatt's computer. Um, from there, the boys actually make her. They give her like the intelligence of Einstein, make her to look you know, perfect. They put bras on their heads and push go to like have her be created. There's a crazy weird storm that happens. It, there's like a tornado inside the room. They try throwing out the computer. I'm pretty sure Gary threw out the wrong thing. It wasn't even a part of the computer. <laughs> um, and then the do- bathroom door explodes and you see the character Lisa, who at this point is not quite y- named yet. She's wearing a cut off sweatshirt and a pair of underwear and that's it and she's like hey guys keep in mind keep in mind she is the iq of einstein because i feel like that really needs to be specified for the quality of this anyways go ahead (laughs) anyway so basically she's like what do you guys want to do first so the first thing they do is take a shower with her where she's completely naked they're wearing jeans though and they make it very clear that they're wearing jeans and their shoes still when they take the shower with her but they do manage to take off the shirts so from there they, they all kind of go out and they go to the bar so they get to the bar and and enter one of the most racist scenes i have ever seen go ahead nadine explain how horrific this scene is so basically what happens in this bar scene is the guys come in they do go and drink they're at a table full of people who are black and one guy who's from i don't know uh <laughs> they uh they sit down gary makes an absolute ass out of himself he continues to go into the story about a girl where it sounds like he stalked her and the way he says it to them understandably he is wasted at this point but he talks to them as if you know like he talks to them in an extremely racist as well as sexist way that makes Mm -hmm. you uncomfortable while you're watching this scene so it was kind of a difficult scene to watch gary then passes the fuck out because he's too fucking drunk and lisa the only sober one in the trio forces Wyatt to drive them home. Once they get back, it kind of alludes to Wyatt and Lisa maybe having slept together that night because they kind of make out. And then he wakes up the next day thinking that nothing happened in Lisa's clothes, wearing her underwear and her crop top from the day before. Um, Although I will say, he did have a nice ass. He's 15, John. (laughs) It's a joke. He walked away, and then he, like, snapped his underwear as he casually walked away. What was it, Gary, the other other 14-year-old or whatever? Yeah. It just looked at his ass like, oh, my God. What are you wearing? (laughs) Good shit. So at that point, we meet his brother, Chet. Wyatt's brother Chet. He's kind of a douchebag. He extorts money out of Wyatt because they both came home drunk and they kind of like, you know, he saw Wyatt wearing female clothes. So he starts a VTR out of them too. They go to the mall. The bullies see them dump slushy on them. The bullies' girlfriends get pissed at them. They try to leave them. They convince them to come get back together. They go down the escalator and they see Lisa going back up. The guys promptly ditch their girlfriends and run after Lisa, meeting her outside and saying, you know, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm waiting for my ride. And of course, Wyatt and Gary show up. They're like, you're with them? And she's like, yeah. And invites them to a party they're having at Wyatt's house, which he has no idea is going to happen. The party happens. A million people show up to the party, including the girls they have a crush on, which is obviously Robert Downey Jr. and that random dude's girlfriends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically... The girls and Wyatt and Gary hit it off, and Robert Downey Jr. and his sidekick are trying to get into Lisa's pants. Lisa's like, no, so they try going to Gary and Wyatt and saying, hey, you know, you should let her come with us. And they're like, no. They're like, well, we'll give up our girlfriends if you do that. And they're like, no. So from there, Lisa comes up to the two girls, uh, Hilly and Deb, is I think what their names were that the guys have a crush on. And she's like, you know, if you get a chance to, take a shower with them. I did it. It was fantastic. She's basically trying to hook them all up, but no one's really quite taking the bait. So, of course, what's the next best thing to do but to bring in a motorcycle gang to crash the party and destroy the place so that Gary and Wyatt can actually seem like they're tough dudes. 
Isn't this where the uh, the grandparents show up right beforehand, right before that happens? Oh my god, I forgot yeah. about the grandparents. I was gonna say, I'm like, that's like one of my favorite scenes. Like, there's just hilarious scenes. And, and what if the in a cupboard? Turns blue. Does the kitchen turn blue or something? Yeah, she turns yeah, the kitchen do. blue. So basically, what happens right before the motorcycle gang comes in? The parent, the grandparents come in. They're pissed off. They're like, "What the fuck are all these people doing?" So she freezes them and makes them smile and shoves them in a kitchen cupboard. Turns. The entire kitchen blue. Why it's like, where are my grandparents? Sees them in the cupboard and it's like, okay, I can't really deal with this right now. It's too fucking freaky. And then walks away. Then that's so when the motorcycle game co- gang comes I in. need I need to input a little of this because this is actually one of my favorite scenes in this movie. I don't know, but when you're actually seeing it zoom out from them inside the cupboard, you can definitely tell that these actors, the, the, you know, the grandparents... We're literally just told to smile and stand there as still as possible because they're twitching. Their eyes are slightly moving. They look like they're like shaking. They look so unbelievably uncomfortable that it's hilarious. <laughs> like, it's, I know it was like no special effects back then, so they can't just like casually like freeze them into place. Maybe use like a still image because then it just would look wrong. But it was still hilarious to just watch them be stuck in the cupboard frozen. Anyways, go ahead, Nathan. Alrighty, so when the uh, motorcycle gang comes in, it's kind of ridiculous. They like threaten everyone at the party, then they take the girls hostage. Hilly like a scene and right out of Mad Max. Is right, what it, it, is. it literally is a scene out of Mad Max. They even have some of the original actors from Mad Max in that scene. The guys hide in the closet. Lisa has to go over there and be like, "This is your party. You got to do something about this." They're like, "All right, well, what do we do about this?" Then they basically are like, "You got to go." And the motorcycle gang left. And they're, and they're like, they they look all threatened and they left angrily. Yeah, and one like, was like, "Don't tell anyone about this. I don't want to lose my teaching job." <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that line was so good. <laughs> and then from there, the girls are like, "All right." We're super into you. And they kind of hook up that night. You know, Lisa's plan worked, even though it was really out there and probably unnecessary. She could have gone another route. The girls sleep over that night, and Gary and the blonde, which I think is Deb, again, yeah, woken up by blonde. Chet. Yeah, I'm just going to go with blonde. Woken up by Chet with a rifle because he comes home from a hunting trip. The house oh is up, and his room is snowing. He forces everyone downstairs, including Lisa, into the kitchen, and he has a chat with them. He basically threatens all of them and is like, you guys are being assholes, extorts more money out of Wyatt, and then Lisa's like, take the girls home, let me have a chat with Chet. From that point, um, this scene then shifts to uh, the boys taking the girls home, and then they say goodbye to the girls, come back. And you see right before the boys walk in that Lisa is talking to Chet, who has now been turned into a great big pile of shit. <laughs> if you look up yep. gifts of weird science, this is the gift that comes up. This is what this movie is known for. The steaming pile of shit that is now Chet. It is kind of hilarious to look at. <laughs> and she's like, look, I'll turn you back if you stop torturing the guys. And he's like, I'll do it. And she's like, all right, in a half an hour, you'll be fine. <laughs> walks away. <laughs> and leaves him in the kitchen and Kit takes a shower. The guys come in and they're like, he's like, Chet's like, I'm sorry, I was such a douche to you guys. I'll be good from now on. <laughs> and they confront Lisa and they're like, did what you did was like, is that your, she's like, yeah, he'll be fine in a half an hour. And then they and tell then, uh, I think it- I think from there it goes to like the ending scene, like where they repair the house or whatever. Yeah, uh, they tell Lisa that they got girlfriends now, and she's like, "Yeah, that's all I really wanted for you guys. I'm upset that I'm gonna lose you, but I just wanted to see that you guys had, you know, a future that was set up for yourselves with someone else." The house starts to put itself back together as Wyatt's parents uh, pull up in the front, and when they walk in, everything seems normal. Completely and totally normal, and that's pretty much where the movie ends, except for the last scene where you see that even though Lisa is no longer hanging out with the guys, she it does still exist, and she's actually a gym teacher for teenage boys at a different high school. This... I have so many opinions about this movie, which is exactly why we have the next topic, Nadine. All right. Say, yes, this is... 
So I'm gonna re- I'm really gonna vent about this round two with this movie. Let's go. So this is our movie review part where we're gonna basically tear this movie apart. <laughs> so I will start off by saying the same thing as I did last time. This movie, if you stripped out 80% of the movie, all of the nonsensical scenes, all of the ridiculous car chases, the scenes in the bar, you get literally a wet dream of a movie. As I said before, a while back, like there's so many inconsistencies to this movie, it literally sounds like someone got drunk and made a high school project in two days to create this masterpiece of what it is. I thoroughly hated this movie with every bit of me, but there's a lot of scenes to go into. I think you actually wrote some notes on it. I did. Um, So I did want to say that I felt this movie was a bit sexist and it was a bit racist. Uh, The main scene I want to talk about with that is actually the bar scene. The way he talks to the guys when he sits down, he does it with an inflection as if he's trying to sound like he's, you know... Talking jive. Yeah, basically talking jive. Um, I love how Dan just pops in with the most (laughs) PG way to say it. Talking jive. Like... (laughs) That's what I'm here for. I love it. <laughs> You're citizen of the podcast. It is a specific was, way to speak. Talking dude, it was is. so. It, but it, it was so bad. It was a funny scene because there were certain parts about it that actually were funny. Like one, when Wyatt did go into the bathroom, he kind of was like said hi to the guys by the urinal, and then obviously felt awkward about being near them. So went into the bathroom stall, pulled down his pants, and said, "I think he said, whoa or goddamn." I think Lisa made his dick bigger. <laughs> I think his reaction oh, yeah, was yeah, because she made it stick bigger. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I didn't, quit, I didn't, I didn't uh, catch that the first time. I didn't catch that the first time. I think we reviewed it, and then like yeah. you mentioned that, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute, you're right. They, they won't... And I think that part was like the funniest part next to the Greek dude. Because he said something specific. He said Malaka. Malaka is a Greek term that basically says a guy who jerks off a lot. <laughs> he called Gary a guy who jerks off a lot. And I asked Lisa, why are you with this Malaka? And Gary goes, she likes Malakas. Not even realizing he's basically saying he yeah. masturbates on a regular basis. <laughs> I hate it. This scene made me so uncomfortable, man. You know, when I see something from the 80s that is very explicit about it, we've watched other movies that aren't nearly as bad as this already. And, like, it's just so blatant on the sexism, the racism, the prejudice, the stereotypes. It's just uncontrolled. And I'm really surprised this even made it to theaters to begin with. Like... Like, the box office should have just saw this and been like, what the hell is this? No. But it made it in there. Now, it's just how much effort was put into this movie to try and make it into a comedy and how much that, like, it's how chaotic it is. If you look at it from a whole and you take it very, very lightly, the movie is pretty funny, actually. There's some really good one-liners in there. Um, If you get rid of the story, you get rid of everything like that, and you just listen to it instead of really watching it it's kind of hilarious actually but it's just so genuinely uncomfortable in multiple different parts like the the jokes are really outdated i actually feel like uh looking back on it now nadine this is something different than what i said previously um this kind of would make sense in the 1980s because i feel like this is a type of humor that they would dig back then right a lot and that's what I was saying, I think, the first time we reviewed this. I was like, well, this is like the 1980s. That's the humor that they had then. The thing, though, that I would, that I would say is that even though if this movie was successful, it wasn't nearly as successful as like a movie like Breakfast Club. I think they took it just that one step too far that I think even the 80s were like, meh. Yeah, the 80s were like, oh, look, this is a very cliche movie, but they tried to make it more cliche by adding more cliche stuff into it. Like, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Nadine, you got this stuck in my head. I swear to everyone that's listening, I'm not like this type of person. But anime, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not sure if anyone's watched anime. 
but there is some there is some uh, like series that's I think it's called like what slice of life or whatever in school life. I have no where idea. It puts dude. these really dumb situations. Shush, let me talk. I'm gonna be a weeb for a little bit. Really dumb situations for these characters. It puts them in the most cliche scenarios that everyone dreams of being in. And then just sees how they react in the most cliche way possible. That is the equivalent to what this movie is. In fact, Nadine, I w- I'm going to stop myself there. I almost recommended you an anime. Oh, dear. I don't Anyways. Think watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. I'd, I'd give it a shot, but. You know, it's like. I feel really bad even comparing the two because at least with anime, you know, there is a type of person and a type of genre and people really enjoy anime. I definitely enjoyed it when I was younger, but this type of movie, it's just so unbelievably chaotic. Um, it's a little bit over the top and like there's completely unnecessary scenes like that, that, that a hacking scene. <laughs> Which looks like it's pulled from uh, the 1993 first Doom game, except low res and a 240p. Like it's hilariously bad. Yeah. Like, and I know the 1980s was pretty uh, pumped about this, like the hacking scenes, because you know computer technology was really getting prominent around the time. But come on, you, you're yeah. gonna slap a giant box that probably has a processor that can't really run anything beyond. Like, what What was the original Windows system? I, f- I forget what it was, but it was before, was it Vista? I think it, no, it was something before that. Like, no, there's no way you're going to be hacking the Pentagon with that shit. Like, come on. Ah, that ha- and plus, you had to sit through three and a half minutes of just complete utter nonsense as you're going through the, uh, the hacking scene. And like, you know, there... I've noticed a common theme with older movies, especially the ones we've watched, is that uh, there's always that one scene that just seems to drag on forever. And I, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to dedicate this scene as that as that scene. It's the hacking scene. It's horrendous. You can skip it and lose nothing. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll take it over the uncomfortableness of like some of the scenes later in the movie, but yeah, it's... It, it, not a good uh, foresight to, to where you're getting in the film. It's not a good start to the movie. It really yeah. isn't. Well, neither is uh, getting pantsed in front of a gymnasium and enjoying it, but, you know. That's true. Gotta start somewhere. So, there's another thing that I wanted to point out that last time I kind of dropped, but, like, we didn't talk about that much. Do you guys think that Lisa is more of, like, a, like a, a, it's a gin, it's D-J-I-N-N, which is basically, like, a malevolent genie, type character where they don't really have any constraints like you would consider a normal genie has and they kind of just create whatever they want do whatever they want and create chaos wherever they go no i I actually watched uh i actually play phasmophobia a lot which is a ghost game and one of the one of the ghosts that you can find is a gen and quite literally that's what they do they just cause utter chaos and I, looking at it now, you are absolutely correct, Nadine. I do think she's like that. She's def- she's she's definitely a magical creation like that. It would make 100% sense. It's literally the definition of a gen would be her in that case. Wow. Did you, where'd you pull that from? Did you Google that? Um, <laughs> not really. I actually, so I look like I Weeb. I, I read a lot of uh, comics that have stuff like that in there. Oh, God. <laughs> so you are a weeb. I don't know. I'm not, I, don't like, I don't watch anime. I read comics, which is better. <laughs> I think it's a, a great point. Yeah, no, it's... That's that, is very, that is a very good point. If you look at it like that, then instead of creating a person, they created, they created like this like almost uh, fictional type character, and then suddenly all the creepy bits kind of fade away when you look at it like it. So like the like the sex scenes, the the washing scenes. In that case, it, it it makes it a little bit different. But even then, I still feel extremely uncomfortable. Well, the thing is, is they never actually made it overtly clear. Like they never actually said it. So if you weren't someone who knows what a, a gin is, you would think that you know she likes to fuck shit up or she does things without actually thinking them through. But if you think of it that way, you're like, all right, well, that's just part of her nature, and it changes the movie a little bit to make more sense when the motorcycle gang comes in randomly, or she turns the kitchen blue, or when she freezes the grandparents, things like that. 
So I do like the idea of underlying themes of a movie, right? But when you create an underlying theme to repair a movie, it's no longer an underlying theme. It's just an idea or a thought process to explain something. Like you remember, uh, you remember when uh, there was a couple of books that we read when we were younger. We were forced to read in high school. Pick one off real quick. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a couple of them, like The Great Gatsby and stuff like that. The Great Gatsby was the shit, and I never had to read it. But uh, Fahrenheit 451. There's there's movies like that. Um, oh, sorry. There's books like that. Sorry, we're we're doing a movie podcast, not books. I don't know why I'm bringing them up, but there's some books like that that you're forced to read, and then you're forced to really introspect and understand what is going on in every single scene. If you look at this movie like that, you can really see what the uh, the intention of the director was, finally. But when the underlying theme of the movie is more understandable than the movie itself, something is wrong. Something is really, really wrong. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? No, I mean, I if you really have to pick a fine comb to it that much to, to get any meaning out of it, it's not lice. You don't need to go digging through it for it, you know? I guess. Yeah. Like it, why, did, why did I say that? Ultimately, I think it's just kind of like a uh, 80s, raunchy teenager movie. Like, it's... I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to give the... Uh, I don't want to completely say, like, the... It's just, like, some crazy acid trip slash went through from the director, but it's... It, it doesn't... Whatever points he's trying to hit, I don't think he, uh, he hits them. Yeah, it's... It's definitely a hit or miss. Um, I can com- I can completely understand why this movie is the way it is back in the time frame, but now it is just not appropriate for viewing. So one more thing that I wanted to point out to you guys that I thought was kind of funny, or a couple more things I should say, is uh, I noticed in the big party that one of the guys that was actually from the bar, like the, from that really, really uncomfortable scene, was actually a bartender at Wyatt and Gary's party. Wait. No, seriously. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. When I Robert Downey not Jr. catch that at all. Mm-hmm. When Robert Downey Jr. and the guy that was his coach, his his bully buddy, that other guy, they come up to him. They're like, and Robert Downey Jr. is like, uh, can we have like a whiskey? And he's like, how much do you want? And his friend goes, we'll just we'll just take the whole bottle. And he's like, how about this? I shove it up your ass. <laughs> that was the guy <laughs> from the bar. He was one of the guys that was sitting at the table with them. Okay, okay, okay. I do want to say, I mean, you can look at it in a positive light and be like, wow, that's a really cool That's a really cool thing, an Easter egg. I just think they didn't have enough actors. I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as John here. Uh, I think they just didn't have enough actors, and they're like, you know what? So what if we, you want to be a bartender again? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll do it. Especially like, <laughs> that point of the movie, like, it's probably gone off the rails so much that you're just like, hey. Oh, yeah, like, at that point, I guarantee, like, all the actors are like, oh, my God. And, you know, I bet when uh when Gary and what, whatever his other dude's name is. Um, Wyatt. What is it? Wyatt? Yeah, Wyatt. <laughs> when they get the slushy poured on them. And if you look into the audience where they get, they're all laughing at him, I guarantee you can pull out like 10, 15 people that are also in the party. See, I actually assumed that that guy who was in the bar who becomes the bartender was just there because he was doing a favor for Lisa because she asked him to be. Because they also. I don't know, man. You're pulling that underlying stuff again on me, Nadine. <laughs> Sounds you like know, like yeah, you can't you can't try and make like a, a canon like you can't do that. Okay. <laughs> like take the movie at face value. Like they they summoned they summoned a very hot girl, you know, had their way with her a couple of times and had fun and eventually got to a house party that she hosted. They turned Chet, their brother, into a pile of shit. And then they got laid once again. I mean, there's the synopsis of the movie we've all been waiting for. Okay, but there's some funny shit in there. Like, when she goes over to Gary's house and basically has his mother have a hysterical breakdown because she talks about him jerking off in the bathroom. Oh, you forgot that scene! (laughs) That's one of the best ones! I put it out there because it wasn't important. It wasn't important. That's the what's one of the few really good scenes in there. Like the mother's having like a breakdown. The father's just like like literally like looks like he's gonna pull a gun. Like, <laughs> and then she pulls out a gun. He's like, listen, he's old enough to do what he needs to. And he's just his face. He almost starts shitting bricks. I'm like, 
And then afterwards, when you come back to them later on during the party, the mom remembers Gary, but she was like, I don't remember what he's doing. And the dad's like, who the fuck is Gary? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because she probably wiped their memory or something. And it happens again. It happens again when Gary drives by them in the Ferrari when he's dropping off uh, Deb after the party. His mom's like, ow, ow, that's our son. That's Gary. And he's like, who is this Gary character you keep talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I did not notice those two scenes either. That's actually kind of hilarious. I I guess that's the reason why is because I keep getting swamped by over the, uh, you know, all of the extra stuff that's put in. Um, There's a lot of extra. There is so much extra. What is Let's talk about the gymnasts at the beginning and at the end. Why? Okay, so the end, she wasn't gymnast. It was just guys in a gym room. She's the teacher. But they were like, they were still doing the same routine the women were. Yeah, that's fair. When she entered. Why? Like, out of all of the sports, you put gymnasts, which makes a lot of sense for creepy women vibes in the very beginning. But... Why did you do that for men as well? Why did I just have them play basketball or something? Like, I'm just so intrigued by the choice of gymnasts. I'm assuming... Did they just want to wear... Did they have, did they have a closet full of leotards that they wanted to use? Because I feel like that's it. I, I have a feeling that the 80s didn't have gym way too different than the way we had gym when we were kids. So I'm not 100%... You were born sure. in the 80s. I was born in 91. Dan was born in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, that was me. <laughs> so, excuse me. Yeah, when we were kids in the 80s, like, Dan was a kid in the 80s. I mean, I was like three. Shut up. You're still a kid in the 80s. I'm just saying, okay. I feel like gym wasn't that much class. different. Wait, I don't I don't think when I went to gym, we played, like, basketball, volleyball. We well, you like, definitely didn't pull out your leotard and start doing squats. Yeah, like, I feel like I can't be. It's like, or did you, Dan? I mean, I'm not no, really 100% well, certain that you did. Middle school, we had to wear Speedos for squats. That's okay. I have worn a speedo before, and those things are a little bit comfortable. I'm not gonna lie. That's gross. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're fine, but like when you're, I mean, you have to you have to weed whack a little bit beforehand, but it's really comfortable. As a, uh, as okay. a one year old, where is this conversation going? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, back to the movie dating. <laughs> okay, Dan, did you have anything that you picked out in the movie when you watched it the first time around? Because I feel like. <laughs> I pull a lot of shit out, and John doesn't pay attention, and you're another person that actually watches and pays I, I, I really don't pay attention. I just enjoy it at face value and then just leave it alone and try and block it out afterwards. Um, I, 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 I have to admit, like, I don't remember specifically, but I, I think I, the most memorable character has to be Chet, just because how well that guy is just complete ass. He did a good job being a douche. I was going to say, he's, he was a decent actor. I felt like, yeah. for some reason, I felt like he was like Forrest Gump. Yeah, the, the, the one weird scene is like when he wakes up um, his brother like with with a gun, and the, his brother's just like, "What? What's going brother's on?" The gun friend. Brother's friend. His brother's friend. Yeah. I, and uh, that, again, this movie is really forgettable. We apologize. Yeah. yeah, he was the most like standout character for me, just because he was so good at being a, a, an asshole that like it stood out, and the fact that he gets pretty pile of shit kind of uh, that's memorable, but. I feel I, like I don't know. Good. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much more than that. I feel like. I mean, I talk. I talked to my fiance's dad about this movie after this. Uh, this entire thing happened, and he was gushing over how amazing this movie was. Like he was talking, like you guys chose a really good movie to start with. Like that is a that is a classic. Like you know, with the dramatic hands raised into the air, doing night yeah, chops in both I think directions. I remember. Like, I remember, like, I thought I really did like this movie, but I, I was remembering the TV show that was in the 90s. A lot. And keep in mind, this movie came out, what? Was 1985? 1982? What was it? I think it's 1985. Let me check. 19, it it, so basically, it's like 30 to 40 years old. Yep, right? 1985. Okay, so it's 36 years old at this point. So that is a very long time. If a person grows up in that time frame, watches that movie, and then 30-something years later, if they haven't seen the movie again, they're just going to get nothing but good memories with that. Now, mind you, my fiance's dad watches, like, like nonstop cult classics. Like, that's his gig. And still, he 
didn't watch that movie until after I mentioned it and he watched it again. Later on, he had a different opinion. He was like, it's a good movie. Don't, yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, but it's not the same as I remember it. And I feel like that's one of those movies that you grow up watching or you watch the movie and then later on you just kind of just remember all the good shit and not the racism sexual innuendos and 99 percent of the plot it's kind of like any 90s cartoon that we watched when we were kids we, were, we remember it we have really really good memories of it but if we were watching you need again, to calm down those 90s cartoons are my vibe man have you watched invaders dim cowardly dog like don't get me started okay, like we're gonna you, have issues have you rewatched like hey arnold or cat dog or ren and stimpy or rugrats or Oh, you! I, I, for reasons I will not share, have watched Rugrats recently, and I will. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad. It does uh, hold up that. to the test of time because. You but you know what does? Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, I know this actually... is completely unrelated, but if you guys want to know one of my favorite series, TV series that's animated, Avatar: The Last Airbender is a masterpiece and is my absolute favorite. And this movie holds nothing to it. You should get on Dan and watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mady's been trying to be, get me to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender because it, it, I think it kind of came after my time as a kid that watches Nickelodeon. And if you ever say "after my time again," I'm gonna smack you. He's you're old. like you're not old. You're just. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm old. I'm just saying like like you're you're you don't have dust falling off your arms, dude. Like you're fine. <laughs> I know. I, it came out like when when did that come out on? Like, was it 2002? Let me check. I was in middle school. So you were in middle school? Yeah, I was in middle school. Yeah, so wow. I was in high Do school. not attempt to type when you've been drinking. 2005. Yeah, I was yeah say, so it should be 2005. 2005 was my freshman year. Like, He's not going to watch it. Senior high school, freshman year college. So like, I'm, not, I'm not watching Nickelodeon card. But like with that, with that show, I'm going to make a comparison. I really feel bad comparing these two things together because they're so diametric and one's amazing and one's just the complete opposite. But with Avatar The Last Airbender, this is a childhood show that a lot of people my age, um, 24-ish, have been uh, have grown up with and no quality when they see one. I remember nearly every episode that I watched. I I've rewatched it multiple times. I still enjoy it. Yeah, I know, I'm going to rewatch times. it soon. And I've loved it. But it this movie this didn't do movie, that. It's not the same, yeah. It's just like, this movie is one of those things that you watch and you're just, it's all in your face and it surprises you by how ridiculous it is at every single turn. It's that shock factor that you remember, not the quality. Unfortunately, even the shock factor is too over the top. So it just, we're beating a dead horse here, but like, it, it's just such a bad movie. <laughs> all right. Like, 36 years old and it still doesn't hold up. So, if we're beating a dead horse, we should probably get to the next one, because we're actually starting to run a little of time. Um, <laughs> Nadine! <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to go to the next one, and uh, next segment, and we're going to, it's called Is It or Isn't It? Um, so, John, do you think this is a cult classic, or do you not? Please put this away from me. Please, please, Nate, uh, Dan, you start first. I want to be last. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. I did not think this was a cult classic. Uh, the main reason I just felt like I understood that it's it's this is an 80s comedy, um, it's a teen like comedy movie, and they're gonna have this raunchy, crazy stuff that's probably not appropriate today. But I I think it's it's not like there's nothing really unique about it. I think there's other movies that had similar like that was all that were also like kind of raunchy college high school. But they're just not the same. That are better. That are just yeah. better and have more unique characters. Oh, wait till you see guys. Wait till you see our next movie review. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I said that this was not a cult classic. It was just a uh, popular amongst teenagers in the in the eighties. Yeah, it's the wet dream for all the teenagers back yeah. then. I can see that. Um, Nadine, what do you think? So for me, I totally think it's a cult classic. It's. A movie that clearly one generation is kind of into, and there might be some from other generations that are into it because their parents were into it, just like Clue was for me um, and my mom. But Please don't compare Clue to this movie. Yeah, Clue is so much better. So much better. <laughs> I cannot wait till we decide. 
on that movie, but go ahead. Sorry. Um, so basically, uh, it's it's definitely a cult classic. It's got a lot of things in it that do keep people wanting to watch it. It is something that people still remember if you tell them the title. So there's clearly a following that goes to it. It may not be an insanely huge following, but there is a following. So I'd say it's totally a cult classic. It's, it has lasted through the ages. It's not considered a classic, but it's still watched. So that is where I'm actually going to share the same opinion and disagree entirely with Dan on this. I agree with his, his comments on why the movie was so bad, right? But here's the thing. When you go thrift store shopping, right, everything in that store, they're thrift, they're thrift stuff. Even though you reach into the garbage barrel in the corner, they don't know how to organize, and it's just like, we don't have this here. We don't know why this is here, but it's 20 cents a piece. You can grab one. This is the bottom of that barrel, the sweat-crusted, nastiest stuff you can find, but it's still a thrift store item. It is still a cult classic, even though it is such a bad example. But it shines through because it is so bad. And that is why so many people, uh, especially around that time period, remember it so well, is because it was such a shock at this movie. So I'm going to say yes, it is a cult classic, although it pains me to say yes to anything with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did uh, I in? Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I see where you guys are coming from. Uh, just for me, like... It, you personally feel classic. attacked even saying yes, it's a cult classic. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, well, I, I forget what I was going for. I think I was just. It doesn't have that cult classic aspect of it to me. I know it's not just because it's not a good movie, just because it doesn't like. It doesn't resonate with me in a way that like it's so bad that it's it, it stands so, out. It's just it just. So it's a cult a jumble movie, mess, but it yeah. isn't a classic. I guess I might get on a little bit more and more with that, but... Yeah, I, I, I can see where you're going from. Okay, so what is that? Yes for Nadine, yeah for me, and bury it and, bear, and put it away no. from my eyes from Dan. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, how about this? John, what would you rate this movie? I'm going to disagree with my previous rating. I'm sorry. Talking about this the second time and revisiting it, I've been really positive about this movie, but I would prefer our next movie over it. Are you fucking kidding me? The next movie is so... Do you need to rewatch the next movie? <laughs> okay, uh, fine. I'll give it a higher rating. God, look at you guys. Okay, fine. I'm going to give it a three. Instead of the 3.5 originally, I don't think it enjoys that extra three or extra five. Um, the movie is... It's an experience... Um, but it is such a bad experience. The only reason why I'm giving it that three instead of just a straight up one is because there were some golden lines in there. There were some really, really good comedic shots that were taken. There were some really good scenes and boots. So three. <laughs> All right. Also, when that woman is being dragged away from the chimney, she was actually butt ass naked completely. I. She was being sucked away into the chimney and launched into the mud, into the distance, out of the house. She was naked? She was actually, she was butt-ass naked, as in tits, ass, everything. No shit. I didn't even notice that. She wasn't wearing a single thing. Oh, trust me, I stopped it and played frame by frame for reasons, science, of course, but she, <laughs> she was, she was butt-ass naked. <laughs> okay, Dan, what was, what's your rating on this movie? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with a four. Like, I there were times that I laughed. It, it's not like. It, it doesn't make me so painful that I hate the time that I wasted to watch it, but it's just not. I can't call it a good movie. So it's slightly you have high exp You have, your rating scale is very tilted. It's not a good movie. So a four. Like, what is a one to you? Like, what would you designate a one? <laughs> like what? Like a fucking picture? Like, there's no actual movie. It's just a st one frame. We'll see. I think I, I didn't want to go as low like the twos or threes, just because like I was kind of expecting stuff to get worse from here. <laughs> that's, wow, such bad uh, expectations. So, so I think that's where uh, where I landed, but. Um, I just want to share this before you go into it, Nadine. If I had to give uh, it, if I had to give any movie a one outside of cult classics, 
they're ones that everyone seems to know. Like the Avatar Last Airbender movie, that is an absolute utter one. Where the Wild Things Are, that is also a one. Like they're movies that they're not really, they shouldn't be movies. No. Like I can see, this is a unique idea overall. There was an attempt, although the person was probably off his, off his rocker, drunk and high at the same time he made it, he was intending to make a movie. And that's why I'm giving it above that. So that's a one for me. All right. Well, for me, I'm actually, you guys are going to throw me under the bus for this because I dare. (laughs) If you dare, don't do it. John gave it a, Three and a half the first time, and then he don't you dare go up. Time I gave it a five the first time. I'm gonna give it a five and a half. You know I'm I'm unfriending you on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) What is the point five for? So by rewatching it, you remembered so many good lines or whatever. So when I rewatched it, I actually realized they had some they had so many like mini scenes that were in there that you kind of glossed over the first time around that are actually pretty fucking funny. Like, one of them was that we didn't didn't even discuss this in the review. One of the scenes was when Lisa was buying lingerie, she asked this really tiny older lady, hey, if you were going to turn on a 15-year-old boy, you think, do you think this would do it? And she's, the lady looks horrified. And she's like, you know what, you're right. And then they get up to the counter and she's like, do you have a matching bra? Maybe something with leather? Maybe something like chains or, you know, anything oh, that would work for no, it? And the lady goes, I remember it. The lady goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and like, the fact that the lady wasn't just like absolutely horrified and ran away. It's surprising that she didn't call 911. But she, <laughs> she clapped back right at Lisa, was like, all right, that's a small little nugget that I missed the first time. That's actually kind of funny when you watch it. So giving that extra 0. 0.5 is just for the scenes that are like that, or the one with Gary and his parents, or when his dad forgets who he is in several scenes. So basically we transposed and transplanted my 0. 0.5 onto yours. Pretty much. Yeah, so I rated it lower. Nadine rated it higher. Fantastic. So it, it, its average is exactly the yeah, it's literally the same fucking score. Out of out of 30, this is still, what, a 12.5 for all three of us combined? Yeah, Ooh, basically. Well, that's a good way to rate the movies. What do you think, Nadine? I and mean, we can do a combined score, and I can yeah, totally I like put that. that together as part of a list, which, by the way, guys, we are going to put a list of how we rated the movie, whether or not we recommend the movie, um, and a list of what we've gone through so far so you guys can watch along with us and see if you... If you don't want to watch them along, see if you have any movies that we recommend that you might want to watch. Um, Now, speaking of recommendations, Nadine, would you recommend this movie to anyone? I would say Friends, family? I would say loosely. It's a movie that you can put on and you can put it on the background and not really have to watch it and kind of get a good feel for it. Because if you watch it, it's when you're watching it, it becomes uncomfortable because you can see the actors interacting with each other. If you're just listening to the audio and you have no idea who they're speaking to, it's not as uncomfortable because you don't know they're talking to you. Like I said before, if you don't watch the movie, it's a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not something that I would say unless you're really looking out for those Easter eggs that you're going to enjoy a hell of a lot. So I would loosely recommend it. Maybe someone will enjoy it more than I did, but I don't think they would. Okay. All right. Dan, what about you? Nah. No, I know. I, I, I just, nah. All right. <laughs> but no, I, I think like it, there's better examples of movies of this type that like you can watch that will actually have like a more spirit story and you actually get to know these characters and kind of have a better time with like, and, and I guess with like having it in the background, I just, I could see that at the background of the party, and all of a sudden there's like the, the wood seat at the bar. You're just like, why is this on? So I, I, I can't recommend this movie. I'm actually going to change my opinion as well to uh, agree with Dan here. I'm going to say no. Um, originally, I thought it would be loosely, but um, reviewing it for a second time has killed any last brain cells that are supporting this movie, so F no. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's basically it. Um, the first time, it was... You're right, Nadine. There's a lot of scenes that were golden in this movie. There's a lot of lines that were golden. But the problem is, is yes, there's gold, but I am not, I do not have the energy to dig for it. So I'm going to say no. Understandable. (laughs) So 
Um, I mean, do you guys have anything else that you wanted to add or anything else you guys wanted to go over before we end the podcast? Yes. What? Love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we're we're pretty much good here. I mean, the the horse has been beat so much at this point. Um, I don't support, I really don't like this movie. Um, It was for the first movie. I do think it set a good standard bar, though. It did. Um, And you, you guys, yeah, this is a good middle ground movie for a lot of cult classics that we'll find because I have experienced at this point, of course, you guys haven't because you haven't heard our reviews yet or maybe you haven't watched the movie, but the next movies that we've watched are entirely different. And it was good to have a middle ground choice and a good bar to actually see. That way we can judge other movies off of this one, which is what we'll, I will most likely be doing going forward. So great choice, horrible movie. Okay. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I, I would say like this is this. I, I think because we have a little bit of variance in our opinions, but we kind of have a general consensus about this movie. Um, Except Nadine with her freaking optimistic. Every movie's good. <laughs> no, that's one. The next one, I did not completely agree with that. Yeah, wait. off and can't wait wait to to review more movies with you guys. Yeah. So I think that is pretty much good here because I have nothing left to say, even though you could probably listen to me talk for hours because my voice is absolutely sexy and gorgeous. Watch Avatar Last Airbender. Nadine, you should do the closing statement. All right. Um, If you guys have any movie recommendations or just want to talk to us about movies, you can totally find us through our private Facebook group, She's Not a Slut Yet. Uh, Slut is spelled S with three stars because you can't put slut on Facebook. Um, or you can or, or S star star T. That doesn't work either, apparently. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, couldn't be something else. So, <laughs> you guys could also email like, us at she's not a slut yet at gmail.com if you can't find us on Facebook. Um, if you guys do like what you hear, you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help us get out there and have more people find us so they can enjoy these like, with us. Like, comment, and subscribe for more content from yours truly. <laughs> they don't like you, John. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out. Cheers. Bye. Bye. See ya.